The intermediate line advises a language and concept warning for the entire show. Hi, it's Necky Mail. You're listening to the Intermediate Line podcast with Chris and Voltsy and myself. Enjoy. <laughs> This episode of the Intermediate Line is brought to you by Nervous Water. For all your premium fly fishing requirements, please visit nervouswater.com.au. And Beast Brushes, Australian-made brushes and dubbing, professionally graded natural materials, plus a full shop for all of your fly tying needs at beastbrushes.com. Like I, I feel like you're holding back, <laughs> mate. I'm not holding back, but I'm tipping you're like Merlin with his wizard sleeve. You know, all <laughs> sorts of tricks hidden in your wizard sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing up the sleeve. Presto. Well, Volts, welcome back to another show. And let me say to start off, Vala Margulis. Vala Margulis. What is that? Well, it's just it's an, it's a colloquial term based on where you are at the moment. <laughs> I, I don't know if I speak uh, Himalayan. Yeah, is that, is that uh, Himalayan? I'm just, yeah. Aren't you in Bravos right now? <laughs> Bra- Bra- Bravos? No, yeah. man. Have I got that Germany? confused? Oh, I mean, I'm yeah. in Germany right now. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in Frankfurt. You know, Frank the Tank. Yeah, I'm sitting there. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got my uh, my languages confused, mate. Uh, Bravos. Where is Bravos? Bravos is. Gentleman. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's south of King's Landing. Oh right, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near, near dawn, sort of. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're waiting yeah. for um, what is it? The the White Walkers? Is that in? Is that the wrong show? Have I got nah, right? you got the right show, mate. I think people yeah. can see that we're fucking around here. But uh, in actual fact, okay. the real true true fact of the matter is that you are. In Germany right now, right? That's correct. Yes. So you're sitting yes. on. Did you say sitting in Frankfurt or on Frankfurt? Do you know <laughs> someone? <laughs> sitting in Frankfurt uh, Airport Frank- at the moment. Yeah. Oh, are you in the airport right now? Eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, part of the complex there. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. A bit happening since the last time we we podcasted, and um, and yeah. pe- people would know that from the last time with Volti's performance. Uh, you were struck down, unbeknownst at the time, but uh, struck down yeah. with the uh, with the global pandemic, the spicy one, yeah. But uh, good news is I'm okay and I'm back. 
Well, yeah. although that we weren't we weren't side by side in Beast Studio at the time, I managed to catch it through the um, through the internet. And two days later, I also came down with a uh, a positive rat. Yeah, a positive rat. And so you got you got Master Splinter, and he was positive. And yeah, um, do, you, do you have any idea where it came home from? It came from, came home, came with. Nah, like you know, no. it, nah, I got no idea, man. I very, very rarely go out of the house, but um, I know, my, I know. Did you get it? Maybe the post office. Did you get it there? I could have easily, mate. That place is a sea of humanity and and not good humanity. And I really try to do my yeah. best to duck in and duck out, you know, like some sort of uh, espionage agent, you know, when I go to the post mm-hmm. office. But sometimes I can't help but run into someone, look up, and they just cough straight in my face. Oh, it's the worst. That is terrible. You know, I was, I was listening to the radio the other day and they had an epidemiologist or an ep- epidemiologist or whatever on there and they mm. said the three most common three most common vectors for infection are uh, the post office, uh, children bringing it home from school, and um, and Subway. Yeah. So, <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, people wow. getting a foot long with a, with a spicy cough sauce. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. sweet Actually, onion cough. Like, yeah, the sweet onion cough, Thousand Island cough. Mm. Um, yeah, ranch. Actually, I just made that up. So Green Ranch. Yeah, Green Ranch. I'm just worried about getting a, a, a lawsuit from our, our friends of the Footlong Sandwich Land. So I just made that up. Everyone, it's not true. Yeah. Su- Subway is safe. Yeah, um, nothing wrong with Jared. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, it it could have it like yeah, like it could have happened that way. Yeah. My daughter t- tested positive a couple of days after, and um, she just came right. back from a school camp. So there you go. Uh, right. Yeah. Well, that could have been it. Could have you might have given it to her. She might have given it to you. Who knows? Who yeah. knows, mate? Who knows yeah. the, what the the trend the path of transmission was? But either way, I survived. I feel like a global citizen right now, and I feel like I haven't missed out. It took what. Two years, three years, something like that. What are we into it? Two years? Yeah. Two years into two it? Two and a half years, yeah, yeah. So, look, I'm I'm grateful that you are a global citizen. I'm glad, And I'm grateful that you're able to contribute to this conversation. And I'm grateful that you uh, you survived. So, mm. um, you get a badge, man. Well done. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well done to you too, Volts. Thank you, sir. You, yep. you didn't die. Well, I'm still here to talk about it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So what's news on the fly fishing front, mate? We've got a uh, we've got a podcast to do, as people would know, and as you are tuning in to hear, we are a fly fishing podcast, not a COVID podcast, and yeah. uh, we really don't know what the hell we're talking about in regards to that. So uh, let's move away from yeah, that subject to a, a subject that we know less about fly fishing. Correct, correct, man. Um, fly fishing is what we love to talk about. Some people, it's their careers. Um, for me, fortunately, it's not. I get to just enjoy it. But uh, I yeah, I agree with that. Fortunately, fortunately, some days. yeah, some yeah, days. Nobody wants to have me competing in their space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. pelted one. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of the pelted one and competing in space, um, you got some great new hair scissors as part of a kit, I do. I do have a new kit. Yeah, yeah. Funny you should bring that up. Well, good. Thank you for surprising me. There it gives me an opportunity to talk about it. But uh, yeah. no, I do. I've got a um, I've got a seven piece uh, fly tying kit that we just got in. Pretty excited. And um, yeah, yeah, can offer it at a, at a great price. Uh, yeah, it's 
pretty good. I get it, I get direct from where they get manufactured, so I just pass it on. But, uh, but essentially, it's um, yeah, seven piece, two scissors, bodkin, dubbing brush, uh, dubbing spinner, and I think I'm missing something there. But um, but something along that lines. What's that? What was up to there? Maybe six, five, five was yeah. it? There's other stuff as well. You'll just have to believe me. Um, Where can we find out about it, mate? What would I search? You would search a blurple kit, the blurple box, rather, because it's black and purple. Yeah, right. yeah. We call them, we call them blurple flies, right? You call black and purple, blurple as well, right? Blurple. Have been known to tell me once that there was blurple, which was um, a purple head, black body, and like apparently the reverse, a black and purple had a different name, but I don't remember what it was. Um, Sounds like that person probably could do with a, a, a different measure of medication to me. It um, doesn't doesn't matter what order it's in. That's I was I was I was educated anyway. So. Um, uh, I don't think it does, mate. I think it, the fact of the matter is that uh, you know the mix on black and purple, the word blurple for bur- blurple flies, is um, yeah. is pretty universal. I don't think you can get um, plaque. Huh? Plaque. I haven't heard of plaque. So. No, well, that would be the reverse, wouldn't it? Plaque. Plaque is something you get on your teeth. Yeah, you yeah. Your <laughs> well, plaque. Yeah. It all depends on where, what country you live in. We call it plaque. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some yeah. people call it plaque. Um, ah, black. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm. but but only only one hundred and sixteen dollars for that kit. It's um a lot cheaper than uh, similarly pro, uh, looking uh, assembled kits. Um, some people I'm ask you, yeah, man. You yeah. got the two pairs of scissors. I found it on on the Beast Brushes uh, Insta page. Yeah, two pairs of scissors, uh, a dubbing spinner, like a. Yep. Yeah. You've got um. Uh, dubbing twister, dubbing brass, bodkin. Um, oh, and a, 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 a bobbin as well. A bobbin, yeah, there you go. Yeah, pretty, pretty fancy, <laughs> and se- sexy purple color, and it's in a kit and a whip finisher. Yes, you know? and a whip finisher. Yeah, anyway, I'm pretty sure up to seven right now. Yeah, you always finish with the whip, don't you, mate? Yeah, man, yeah. you got to whip it, whip it good, whip it. Yeah. yeah, so people have been asking me, uh, you know, are they made in the same place as the um, as popular branded ones? And um, look, I'm not about to. I just want to blanket comment that because I get asked that a lot, and hopefully oh. it uh, might might put that to sleep in saying that I, I don't know enough to comment there. But um, let's put it this way: um, you don't think those tools of any color are made in America, do you? Uh, I'll let that sit there for a while with you guys, yeah. but. Um, yeah, Hang on, did I you can... hear that? I just dropped the mic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you that um, the way mine are priced is because it comes from straight from a manufacturer to me, to okay. you, without several other hands in between. But anyway, the, the quality's there, the price is there. Yeah, we've got that. I also got a new that new boat box. Did you see that boat box put up? Yeah, uh, I'm just going to look at that now. These have got your name on them too, right? You've, you've got... Uh... You've got you've got the name put on them on on the tools here. Oh yeah, got yeah got they had the option to um, the manufacturer like the same as as other other big brands. As, you know, um, again, I'm not going to speculate whether they're the same person. You guys can make that mind up yourself. But um, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, they had the option to, to laser on a little beast brushes and where you could fit it. Okay, cool. That's yeah. good. Where you can fit it, and you got the big box here. It looks good, hey, for big stuff. Yeah, the boat yeah. box, yeah. So that I've had that sitting around for a while, actually, and I just um, 
was going to design a, a sticker for it, and, and I've actually had them boxes sitting here for about six months. Like Chad, like we haven't spoken about this, but I, I gave, I donated one for Chad for his um for his auction, which will, Chad. which I'd like to talk oh, yeah. about in a minute. It's, Ploy, um, Ploy flies, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Talk about that too. Yeah. yeah, but um, um, but yeah, no, I designed it for big stuff. So like, I made the foam like it's a high density EVA, and I made it twenty mil thick on the on the bottom. So, you know, I always found that, like, you know, like a foot-long fly, like you'd, you'd, you'd put in your boat, it'd rattle around, and you'd open up, and because they're so heavy and the foam's usually only, you know, 10 mil at best, you know, like the hooks would just fall out, and they just end up everywhere. Um, so, um, so yeah, no, I made I made a thick foam down the bottom there for big stuff and then just made some 10 mil regular stuff for the lid and nice um, heavy-duty durable. It's, it's actually comes from the gun industry. You can You can run over it with your car, apparently. Not that I'd recommend it. And will not warrant it if you do, but um, and something goes uh -huh. wrong. But but apparently, <laughs> apparently you can, and there's pictures of it that you can. But it's just a nice cam lock. It's just solid, you know. And it's just an alternative to um to the to the uh, integrated handles that you get in cliff boxes, which you got them too. But so you know, it's just a matter if you think it suits you. But it's just a an alternative for uh, for big stuff. The for big meat. stuff for meat, the yeah. Stuff. The, me the yeah, meat what, locker. What were you going to say about Chad and his? Thing, yeah. yeah so recently yeah shout out to chad like it's been done we didn't get the opportunity to um to plug it because uh we recorded shows earlier before he um before he launched the uh the raffle it wasn't an auction it was a raffle so yeah. so so chad um created a, a raffle to to rally around um um oh, you have to forgive me chad i don't know if it's a relative but a, a young girl who was um who's who has suffering illness and and yeah. uh, all of a sudden and, and needed some help. Um, yeah, for more specifics, you can get over to Chad's page and have a look. I mean, the the raffle's gone, but the way the fly fishing community came together uh, and supported Chad blew Chad away. You know, like it's um, you know, like I speak to Chad a lot, and um, and I know that he was he was completely blown away by by the support, not only in the people that um, bought raffle tickets, but industry support as well. Uh, yep. I, I sent a few couple of tools. I sent that boat box over for him and stuff like that. Um, Chad put a lot of time in the tying flies for himself there. Obviously, uh, nervous water chucked in a, a, a big a big voucher as well. I think two hundred fifty bucks. You know, uh, yeah, they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, um, I can't remember this many other guys, but I mean, like, it's, there's a whole big list of you can head to Chad over at Ploy Flies or Ploy yeah. underscore Flies and and check it and out. Look for the uh, look for the post titled Roxy's Raffle. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, first first prize was the the fly box uh, filled to the brim with custom made ploy flies valued at six hundred bucks. That is a significant donation from from uh, you guys. Well done. Um, yeah, mate. It's, yeah. Well, it's all Chad, mate. Like Chad. I mean, all yeah. all I did was send him stuff. Like Chad put the work in. I mate, I'm just the sponsor of it. It's it's all Chad. It's the, so you guys is. Yeah. Is inaccurate, you know, unless you unless you're meaning you guys as in like the the, the ploy. The Plamley, the whole Plamley, <laughs> the whole Plamley, yeah. And it did feel like Plamley too, you know. Obviously, um, it's good to see people pulling together. Um, you know, we've we've had we've organised, um, uh, I say auctions. Uh, well, yeah, we're auctions in the past for charity, and a lot mm. of work goes into them. Um, mm. So well done, well done, Plaid. Um, I, I recently we, fished we, with Plaid. Yeah, tell yeah. us about it. Plaid. Plaid made a uh, a, a plode clip. No, I'm not going to keep doing that. A road trip um, yeah. up to Queensland, and uh, I fished with him. And um, this is a while ago. I fished with him and uh, and Captain Kurt Rollins 
at um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> we were all chasing rainbows with Captain Kurt Rollins. Yeah. It's uh, uh, waterfalls. <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> really fucked that joke. I'm going yeah. to bring it back. Um, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, that was cool, man. Uh, Chad was um, Chad, Chad's an astute flycaster and fly fisherman, and um, and did really well. And and he pantsed uh, both of us, and was the only one who caught fish. And um, plants, yeah, yeah, plants yeah. us. Yep, yeah, it was Fuck. quite good. We uh, we were, we were <laughs> I don't know what to talk about, but it's pretty funny. We were um, we were walking the bank uh, along this river, mm-hmm. and and you know, like there's there's there's, there's the um, what do they call it? The TSR talk try Stock routes, what do they call it? Traveling it? stock route. Yeah, yeah, right. T- the TSR, like, I mean, it, it implies that you're allowed to travel on that on that first cut of the river, like on the riverbank, right? Yeah. You know, we, I, I would really like to get someone on the show one one day. If if someone knows someone who could give us, uh, come on the show and give us information in regards to the legalities of being able to fish um, along riverbanks or even in um, marinas if you're on the water, you know, all that sort of stuff. Please get in touch. We'd love to speak to someone like that because this stuff's pretty interesting for a lot of people. But in this circumstance, we were walking the walking the creek and stuff, and um, we were we weren't inside someone's fence line, but there's a fence that runs parallel with the, with the creek, you know. So we were on the creek side of it, but we heard <laughs> we heard a um like a a, a um, like a quad bike coming along. Now we're 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 in like um the middle of nowhere, like the sort of place where people don't had the phone reception to call the cops if someone was uh, was invading them in a home invasion or something like that. They would um they they would have they would have the means to be able to defend themselves, let's put it that way, that that part of the country. Um you see what I'm saying, right? Picking up what I'm putting down? Sort of. Yep. We didn't know whether we were gonna be in trouble or in like that. So we ended up playing armies trying to avoid this dude on a quad bike and have you ever seen that scene out of Lord of the Rings where, where, where at the beginning where the hobbits are uh, tucked in underneath a, an undercut of a tree off a off a um, off a beaten track, and one of those ring wraiths is just just right above them, like, and they just, yep. you know what I mean? That's yeah. what it was like for us. We were just we were, t- <laughs> we were t- at one point we were tucked in behind this cut of the of the river, and um, and this 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 farmer was spraying weeds on his quad bike, and he, we, we could have touched him with our rod tip, and we were just sort of sitting there where he. He couldn't see us against the river. And looking back in hindsight, we could have easily popped up and said, "Get, get, get, mate! Hey, down!" But um, for some reason, oh. we just took took the approach that this guy was going to blow our heads off or something like that. But uh, so oh, that was you pretty fun. Very least got a got a dose of, of roundup, you know? Yeah, <laughs> roundup direct to the face, you know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, mate. That's us chasing waterfalls with Captain Captain Kelly Rollins. Yeah, right. Kurt cool. Rollins. Kurt Rollins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Chad Chad yeah. got a couple of sooties on his um and I believe he got them on his new ploy bug too, which is uh pretty interesting as well. Yeah, right. What's that fly called? Uh I think he's calling it a ploy bug. It might be a ploy, ploy plug. Bug. Or it might be a, a bloy plug. I, I don't know what he's gonna call it yet, but um He's designed a, a little bass fly, and um, boy plug, yeah, yeah. And he's just just released it, but that's been around for a while. Uh, he sent me some some samples of that a little while ago, but but due to the um, the biblical conditions in southeast Queensland, it's, it's taken me a while to be able to get to use it. But I went out uh, a couple of weeks ago and fished for bass and um, used the ploy bug, and uh, yeah, it did pretty well. 
tell me about it. What um, what was the inspirations for that fly, and um, you know how is it uh, compare and contrast with existing patterns? Well, Chad is definitely lent on the success of what we already know, and uh, mm-hmm. arguably there isn't a more successful fly, and there probably still won't be for a while compared to the Bass Vampire. Chad's sure, not yep. really looking to um, to compete with the Bass Vampire directly as such, but just looking to be seen as another fly in your box that you would be confident with for Bass. Um, so what he's done is he is, like, I mean, the Bass Vampire, as you know, is essentially a gotcha. There's no two ways about it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gotcha that's got a, an assembly of, of materials and colours that is unique to a, a Bass Vampire, and um, it's got... It's got values to it that appeal to to bass in deep schools uh, and bass in, in a lot of situations. But for Chad, I believe that he's you know he's created this um, ploy bug, which is essentially a little a little shrimp um, for for a bit more edge bashing type stuff or edges and weeds and and things like that. Um, and and for that purpose, it's pretty good, you know. So he's got a he's used he's used similar principles, like I said. He's um he's used black and purple. He's got a Actually, actually, no, he's, he's not blurple. He's got a he's got a purple and chartreuse wing. Uh, it's a blended material. It's the it's that yaoi fiber bla- um, yaoi fiber blend um, vampire. Funnily enough, um, he's got he's got a couple of uh, epoxy glow in the dark eyes off it, like shrimp eyes. Uh, yeah. And I and I made him a custom brush, which he requested. It wasn't he asked me for the formula to make it. It's just a um, it's a it's a beachy brush with uh black with um micro chartreuse rubber legs through it uh it's pretty cool you know so it's not that far removed from um it from a from a bass vampire as far as profile and size and all that sort of carry on it's got a bit more um uh, attract like uh loud features if you like you know a lot more 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 uv reactive materials and things like that in it and and a lot more movement in it Uh, i was gonna ask what was the what was the reason for substituting out the traditional um you know, Estaz or, or Cactus Chenille style um, uh, in, in favour of the brush there? Well, the brush obviously is going to create uh, a similar density, but with the rubber legs that are hanging out, the way the, the beachy brush has been designed is that you, you shouldn't have to trim it. Like, it's only, you know, it's it's 10 mil wide at, uh, from or 5 mil from the centre of the of the wire, um, you know, as a 10 mil brush overall, 5 mil from the wire. So 10, 10 mil plus a centre wire. So... You should be able to wind that on and palmer out the the rubber legs all the way around it uh and pick them out and all that sort of stuff so you know you not you're not going to be any you know not many people are going to be stranger to the uh, effectiveness of rubber legs in a fly the micro rubber legs just they're so small that they're um they're just going to move uh, at rest like kind of like a rubbery marabou i guess not that the fly i mean the fly's got dumbbells so I mean, it's never going to be sitting still, or or, or I mean, I, I guess it could be on the bottom in some impairments. Not the one I fish. So I was just bashing the edges with it with weed, like chucking it in the weed and with a fast sink line and ripping it out and letting it fall down the face of the weed, and it was getting smashed in the weed or as it fell out and started to sort of um, fall down. That's how I was fishing it. But I mean, I could do the same thing with the vampire, but I haven't fished enough with the ploy bug to. Um, I mean, to be fair, and I'm sure Chad could appreciate this. He's not trying to trick anyone. Um, that I haven't fished it enough to sort of see any distinct advantage. Right now, I would say that in that scenario, it's on par with a vampire. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Mm. And it's, it's cool. It's just something different, I suppose. Like, 
you know, for, for, for people sometimes just fishing something different and just that feel of not tying the same thing on every time. Because for me, for bass fishing, the effectiveness of Empire is hard to pass up. Do you know? Like, oh, I mean, totally. I'll just go straight know, to it. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. I, I, um, I'm, and this is personal, I don't want anyone to, to take it this way, but I'm, clouses, I'm a, a little bit, you know, I like catching fish on other flies. It's so fucking effective, you know? Mm. Like it, you know, um, but yeah, I, yeah, so it's, it, I, I totally get what you mean. Sometimes it's good just to tie something else on, mm. you know, and it's not a slight at the original at all because, you know, that original fly from Bob Clouser is, you know, des- deserves, you know, all the accolades it gets. So, mm. you know, and that, but yeah, that's just me. But I know what you're saying about, um, I know what you're saying about, you know, sometimes it's just good to attack things from a different angle because that's where progress is made and learnings, you know, you learn faster when you, when you do things a bit differently. So, yeah, you know, yeah. You, you you remind me of a conversation I had in private message, and I won't, I won't, I don't think it'd be um, detrimental to out the dude, but I won't bring his name up anyway. Um, mm. And he'll probably listen to this, I don't know. But um, uh, he told me that he was, you know, he was having a bit of trouble catching a certain species, right? Um, this, the species is irrelevant, but this guy is um, is pretty loves the fly tying and and, and loves the creativity and. Um, and does test a lot of stuff in pools and, and fish tanks and and things like that as well, and and will gauge the success of his inventions. Although some of them are, are like a, you know, like I'm sure he'd he'd admit once it was shown to him, like a leaning on um, patterns that have already been done, which is a hard thing to keep up with if you're new to the sport and and have got a real flair, which this guy does for creativity in fly tying. Um, but you know. He's, he's having a lot of trouble catching fish. Like, he's, you know, he's had a couple of donuts and stuff like that. But the one thing he, he doesn't do that I've noticed, and, you know, if you're listening to this and you think it's you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't mean any disrespect from it, is is not doubling down and splitting hairs on, on the basic flies, as in the flies. He's probably not very interested in something that's been done to death, like a clouser, as an example. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Whereas there's a lot of power in it for a fly fisherman as opposed to saying a fly tire to really understand what makes a clouser work and work well and, and, and to pin fish on it will, will actually improve your fly tying in my opinion. You know, it's an interesting yeah. approach to watch people. Um, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned this dude on the podcast before and, and again, I don't mean to be any detrimental to it, but you know, Gunnar Brammer, for example, like uh, probably one of the most successful YouTube fly tires going He's got some great innovative patterns. Every week, there's a new pattern that comes out. I very rarely watch Gunner Fish, but recently I watched Gunner Fish and he was catching uh, fish on, on lures, you know, and, and loving it. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But um, my, my point is to those people that are influenced by that and not knowing which way to turn, um, yeah. you know, like like it's 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 hard not to be clouded by that. But, I mean, if your goal is to be a, a fly tire and following these um, these trends that are happening, by all means, follow what Gunner does. As an example, I don't mean to pick Gunner out; he's just a great example. But um, but if you know if you want if you want to become a fly fisherman, you can't you can't be. I just think it's it's it it would be a problem for your progress to ignore the flies that might not seem exciting, but have been done to death because of how successful they are, and they know it well. You know yourself, I'll sit people who can tie a clouser well are in the minority, right? Everyone can tie a clouser. A lot of people, anyone who can tie flies could ugly say could tie a clouser. Being able and being aware that you're tying them well 
is another level again. And a clouser, I'm using a clouser because it's such a simple fly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, you're, you're right. I agree with agree with what you're saying, man. Um, clouser is, you know, there's tying a clouser and there's a tying a clouser well are two different things. Mm. Um, mm. And, yeah, you know what, it'd be great to have a chat with Bob one day, get all Funny. the ins and outs. Sorry, Funny mate. you should say that. <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Yep, yep. But, yeah, yeah, but getting back to flies and, um, uh, you know, people – People tying different ones and and uh, you know changing things a little bit and how how it's affected their flies uh, their fishing sorry and, and plaid tying his ploy bug mm. um, yeah good good on him man it's it's good to see see him having a signature fly and it's good to see people doing something differently and and pushing pushing well I say pushing exploring boundaries because that's that's where the learning happens. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and um, that's that was my rant was based on what you said there because I, t- I wholeheartedly agree. That's why I like um, about competitions that that reward performance as well. You know, it's um, yeah. There's a couple of things to be learnt from from those sort of tournaments. You know, I think the we don't have a lot of tournaments now, as you know, back in the past, Volty, like uh, Southeast Queensland at least had a pretty good comp scene. Eh? You know, we um we had a, yeah. we had we had tuna comps, we had bass comps. You know, we've, we've had flathead comps. <laughs> it's um um. But, you know, enough comps to, to make a calendar out of it, let's put it that way. But I think the one thing that was amiss, and, and not to knock those who organise it, because I've been involved in organising tournaments, and, and it's not fun, you know, and, and like, it's 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 unsung work for sure, but not that there's there's not many around anymore, but I just think that the uh, the idea of um, everyone gets a trophy is uh, is nothing, there's nothing to be learnt from that, you know. I think that uh, the pr- progress and development that's occurred from, say, uh, you could look at the bass, ta- uh, the brim tournaments that you know. Who our former guest Tim Morgan, uh, sorry Steve Morgan has um, has mm. uh, you know created. Look at the development that happens in the industry with uh, with with lure development and, and techniques and 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 collectively, you know that rising tide lifts all ships because people are watching what the consistent tournament winners are doing. You know, and not to say that people aren't doing that with with fly fishing, but it doesn't it doesn't promote when there's no reason to to do to to earn anything other than a trophy and you make it a social event i just think that there's a i mean that's a great that's a great concept as well in itself um because it gets people into the sport but there's also the other side to it that when people take it seriously and and prepare and uh and not to say that people weren't doing those comps i found myself particularly tuna tournaments going around with binoculars in in headlands, you know, a couple of days before finding the fish and, and yeah. things like that. And I know there's, I'm not alone in that, but it wasn't the majority of the comp comp um, competitors, was it? You know, a lot of guys will rock up as a piss up and and uh, and it's a, it's an opportunity to get away from the family and 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 the fish is mm. secondary to the event. You know, and good on them too. They're all valid reasons. That's true. Not, not yeah, finishing yeah. that, but you know, yeah. like I, I guess what you're saying is, is comp results are the embodiment of following the beef you know exactly exactly like you know if there was if there was i can't see fly fishing ever doing this but let's say hypothetically there was cash prizes you know you could win you could win you know five grand for a two-day tournament could you i mean could you imagine the uh the competitors that would go on with that if it was more than a trophy like to win pick five grand up and a trophy you know i know i'd try i know i would be like you know what man it's um Every cast is going to matter. I would you drive past schools of um, 
of of Mac tuner or something like that. You know, you wouldn't, you know, you'd be looking, you looking for that five point long tail tuner as opposed to a one point Mac tuner or, you yeah. know, you know. I think we we did it once. We there was a one comp the comp the very first bass on fly comp that you I know that you were um, a place getter in that as well. Um, yeah, you know yeah. we were speaking about on the show. I, I was as well, uh, but I was one. I was the I was the one organising that comp at that time, and uh, and uh, and um and we got so much so much um, industry support and prizes that got me even we got a gale force boat like BLA were giving away an electric motor. I just yeah. wasn't seeing that sort of stuff. It was almost like the the, the fly fishing industry wanted to, see, or even um, sections of the industry or fishing industry that crossed over to fly fishing as well as conventional wanted to see this. You know, like understood the value of it and wanted to help promote it. You know, it's um, it's just it's just it's it's weird. It's weird how it doesn't get done in, in fly fishing. You know, it's uh, it'd be great yeah. if it did. You know, it'd be good um, to see it happen again. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe beast brushes can put up some cash, mate. Barrow and fly tournament gets some yeah, people yeah. going. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe we will. It. Uh, I don't know if I want to be involved in organising tournaments anymore. It, uh, it takes a lot of takes a lot of effort. But I tell you, if um, if some, I mean, I tell you what, the, it, right now there's probably more popularity with a with a larger population of fly fishers that this would be a really good time for someone to see the value in in organising a tournament, mm-hmm. in at least in around southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales, or. You know, I mean, right now we're we're on the cusp of the nominations opening up for the um, North North Queensland Comp, which is a great tournament. You know, it's got performance based yeah. prizes. It's a good blend of everything we just said there. It's got performance based prizes, in addition to um, you know, everyone everyone gets uh, every contestant ends up with a pack at least. <laughs> well, they do, man. It's they great. do. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah, and so it's, it's important to have some tangible takeaway too, not just the learnings. Yeah, you know, because different people learn at different rates based on their observations and experiences. Um, yeah, but, but you're ge- right. You know, hey, I was just going to say geographically, it's not yeah. the sort of tournament ta- ta- that you and I can just drive down the road and compete in. It's a, it's and it, it what a, it'd be a great experience to to, uh, to you know to make the time to fly up there and fish with people we know and all that sort of stuff. It'd be it'd be a great outing, but. Yeah. We need something. It'd be it. It would be pretty cool. I wouldn't say. Shouldn't say. We need something in Southeast Queensland. But if someone was motivated enough to see the value in in their time to create something like that, I'm sure the industry would be behind you. And I think there would be um, value in it. I think the. Uh, I know that the Brisbane Fly Club has got their still continues with the tuna tournament. It's just not Do the they? animal it used to be. You know, in, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Standing on the outside looking in, but I don't know if they do. Well, I should say I don't. I don't see the advertising for it, but. You know that that could be me having my head in the sand, or it could be, could be like a a, a reach fail from you know both directions. There, who knows? They were but, just um, such they were just such grand events. Even the Malulba comp, like um, you know, rocking up and seeing like you know fifty to sixty competitors and all hanging out at the pub the night before. But people were paying yeah. accommodation in the area, like the the vibe, the buzz. It was, it was, it was yeah. awesome. It was really cool. You know, it's uh. Yeah, you're right. You had you had the Harvey Bay one, which was run by the Harvey Bay Game Fishing Club or Harvey Bay yep. Boat. Yeah, yeah, the Malula Bar club. one. Yeah, yeah, run by the Sunny Coast Fly Fishers. Yeah, the Bribey one, uh, which was run by the Bribey Island Sport Fishing Club, and then you yep. had the Morton Bay one later on by the Brisbane Fly Fishing Club. Um, we had Southeast Queensland Fly Fishers that used to run into clubs or or even that was just have Carlo Point. Yeah, Carlo Point. That was. That was um, that was always fun. I mean, you know, no one ever had a bad time at those things. 
you know, it wasn't it wasn't only about fishing, uh, about competing, and that was, you know, like like you've pointed out extensively in this in this potty at least um, that you know that's where that's where learning happens. But no one ever has a bad time, you know. You don't have to place to be a winner. Um, but yeah, I, it's good. I know, but that that's that's about the 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 general. That's uh, you wouldn't want an unhealthy competition to creep into these things, you know, because yeah. those those parts of it, like you said there, like the uh, the social aspect of those things are, are, are great. They really, really are. Like I've, I've, there's been times where like, you know, my guts have been aching that hard from how hard I've been laughing at some of the things that have gone on. <laughs> so, same here, man. It's been <laughs> so much fucking fun. Oh. Yeah. So many shenanigans, people like, wait, you know, people swapping people's fly lines around i remember <laughs> a certain competition you know someone putting grease onto someone's door handles and you know there's been some mongrel acts there's been some funny as shit stuff it's funny stuff to watch stuff you pray never happens to you and you know <laughs> just funny funny stuff but the fly yeah. line turned around one is uh was is epic eh? you know i reckon it's uh because it takes a lot of planning you need that person to be oh, pretty no. pretty drunk to not realise what's going on. And then you need to do it in a pretty covert fashion. I mean, you've got these reels that have got, you know, the outgoing and ingoing clickers that are loud as hell. And everyone, as soon as, yeah. everyone's like a bunch of meerkats as soon as they hear a drag going off at a fishing comp, you know, no matter when oh, it is. Sure. So <laughs> you've, you've got to hide it. But, like, it's, uh, like, the... the, the the awesomeness of, of being in the general area and watching the false cast of someone who's had their fly line turned around without them noticing it. So they got the that the the head of the fly line is is underneath the running line and they're just casting the running line. I'm sure people know what I'm talking about. Magic. Magic, you know? Like it's just I don't want to use film. any names here. I don't want to drop any names at all, but apparently Gaza was casting better. Is that true? Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it has been known to help some people's results. It's had the adverse effect as its intention, but uh, that, that's very interesting, yeah. Ross. You're right. I believe yeah, that's right. Um, that's what's going on. Oh, those were the days. I think it's. Um, I mean, it's not that long ago. <laughs> was it? It was. Yeah. When's it? I, I can't remember the last time. Um, uh, I mean, there, there's been. I mean, I've watched it. Watch it sort of shape out of it. Uh, I'm one of the rare people who've actually won a tuna tournament by catching bass, you know. So I mean, these are the sort of um, decline years Pretty of that. Special. Yeah, well, decline years of the tournament. They're just it, it was sort of the people that were involved in it back in its heyday are still sticking with it, you know. That's sort of what it what it felt like, you know. But um, yeah. I really would I really wouldn't know where what comp to enter. I don't think there are any comps. Like you said, I I, I don't see it advertised either. I don't know if they do it anymore. Any of the comps in yeah. Queensland. Besides, the, besides also, North Queenslanders, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, they have, they have a great um, they have a great great competition up there, and, and a really progressive um, uh, organisation committee, which which you know just seems to go from strength to strength up there. Yeah, um, those comps are also a really good place for for beginners, like people getting into, like um, you know, assuming they can they can get a run, or ideally, the the great scenarios if. If you somehow jag or jag a ride, you know, with with somebody who who knows what's up, you know, can really speed up your um, your your learning uh, learning curve, so to speak. Hey, I agree, man. I think uh, well, that's where I met you at one of the, one of the comps. I can remember it. I can um, I uh, I remember this dude sitting across from me with this, just asking me questions about myself with a cheeky grin on his face. Now I know that that style <laughs> still goes on. 
and um, and it's called giving someone enough rope. <laughs> Luckily enough, I was savvy enough to know what the fuck was going on, and um, and we've been friends ever since. And it's um, so yeah. you know, some some great some great uh, allegiances get made there. But um, you're right. In addition to that, the ability to fish with someone with more experience than you is great. I, I, even without it, like I can remember learning. Like Kim Strathern comes to mind, right? As someone that yep. you, you learn off. The guy won heaps of comps, you know? Like it was a very uh, unassuming sort of character. He wouldn't talk himself up a lot, but he'd, he'd win and, and you'd ask him and he'd tell you how he, how he did yeah. and stuff like that. And sometimes it was so mm. simple, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. I was, you know, be, I, I was on the water as well, but he'd win every time, yeah. you know? And um, I learned a lot from, from learning what Kim did on that day. Now, going back to what I was saying there, like uh, earlier on, like there was only like there was, there was a comps of like maybe fifty people. Out of those fifty people, there was probably ten who truly were willing to to compete for 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 that trophy. You know, out the rest of the forty would like maybe there's thirty of those guys who really wanted to win it, and maybe there's ten people in that comp that were just there because whoever had the boat didn't have someone to fish with them or something like that. You know, but um. I just wonder if that 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 ten those ten people would have gone tenfold if there was a a decent a, a prize a reason to um you know I mean or it might have attracted more people or you know there's a lot of people that just can probably fish really well that have just got no interest in the comp you know I'm getting that you know I just think yeah. that the competition uh, improves again I, I take it back to the example of the brim tournaments you know like that that whole industry is huge and it and um. And although people have been catching brim on lures for many, many years, yeah. no one, no one, I mean, no one put in the spotlight like um, ABT, you know, That's AFC. Correct. Steve was a real visionary there. I got a question for you, though, like, and he's managed this really well. He's managed the, um, you know, the ambitious side of things really well. But, like, if, if there's a big carrot, do, are people really going to share what what works for them? Like They don't. They, they don't. Okay. But, I mean, like, it's, it's I mean... They don't, but people will figure it out. You know what I mean? Like it's it. it yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, you, you talk to those guys. I, like, sorry, you're right. I guess the question I'm, I'm sort of getting at, and I feel like you might be about to answer it. Does does the pace of innovation, um, you know, does is that is that adversely af affected? Well, you know, is is that innovation shared effectively at the time or, or later on, like at the end of the season, do they go, well, you know, I didn't tell you at the time, but, you know, I was killing it on, on you know, cranking crabs on a deep bite or some shit like that, you know, or is or does that sort of learning happen implicitly? Do they, does someone look over and go, oh, you're old fucking old Kim over there in, in the white boat, he's, he's fishing that, that deep edge there, you know, and he's, I can see what he's doing, like he's, he might be going a bit deep or a bit slow, or you know what I mean. Like people changing up their techniques, uh, is that how the learning happens? Does it encourage bad habits? Do people crowd in on others to get find out what their secrets are? Oh, I'm sure that or, I'm sure they'd really like to. I think the um, the concept of the non boater really um, spreads oh, that yes. around. You know, of like, course, yeah, yeah. Yep. that would be a, that would be a great concept for that reason. Otherwise, you know, like yeah. you're right, people are going to keep like. Um, uh, a dude I used to be involved with 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 with, uh, with a rod kind um, Craig Griffith, like um, and um, yep. and Karim, yep. like I mean you hear like those two are um, dynamic duo, you know, like they're winning a lot of tournaments and stuff. I've heard Griffo talk about like um, purposely clipping off the lure that he was um, he was using to tie it back onto his reel to have his boat 
uh, so have his boat, you know, back up on the trailer at the at the wherever the accommodation was, just yep. to just to throw the red herring for people to what he was using. I mean, they, those guys are ultra cagey, you know, like incredibly, incredibly cagey. Yeah. But their techniques come through, you know, whether it's um, whether they let their guard down at the end of the season or or what have you, or or people are like that 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 mystery that's shrouded in what they're doing. Is quite motivating for a lot of people. I mean, if you if you're going to give up completely what what they were doing, yeah, you know, I mean, you kind of you kind of seeing the wizard behind the curtain. You know, there's nothing there's nothing intriguing in regards to that. But just having to figure it out, like seeing someone seeing someone do it, and and when you can't do it, knowing that there's yeah. something small or something that's you some some something you're just not picking up on that you've just got to figure it out. And, and then believe that believe that you figured it out to then go and spend the time on it. That's 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 the pursuit of um, fishing, you know. Like that's the pursuit of, of excellence in fishing. At least you know it's that yeah. that that journey up to up towards that. To see that in person, if you're on the lake at the same person with someone who's doing really well, like like Griffo, for example, you know, like um, you're gonna be you're gonna be the type of person like you potentially are gonna be the type of person like I, I need to know. What he's doing, I was out there the same day, and he got twenty, and I caught nothing. What is he yeah. doing different to me? You know, you know, like it's um, and if he's keeping that to himself, well, like I mean, like I tell, I don't know about you, but you know, the, the curiosity would just be boiling up in me. I'd be wanting to know. I'd be wanting to go harder and harder and, and just figure it out. You know, if he wasn't going to show me, um, yeah. And I, I really don't know how rewarding it would be if he did, for me personally. Yeah, that's that's true too. You know, it, it would almost, I mean, the thrill of catching something would, would probably offset the, 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 you know, the satisfaction that comes from figuring it out yourself. Mm. Um, but, you know, like that's, that's the whole thing, man. You know, we've all got limited amount of time and, you know, I'm, I can't help but lean on the, on the guided versus unguided or the DIY option if, you, if you're drawing a parallel on other type of, you know, fishing. Yeah, you know, quite often, you know, I do not at all for a moment look down on, on people who use use guides. You know, like that. That is one of the best things you can do to speed up your, your um your knowledge as a fisherman and and you know location as well as well as giving you access to hard to get spots. So, yeah, yeah very much so. It's so good to 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 be able to have these options and and competitions do add do add another level of um intrigue and satisfaction and investigation for people. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I'll tell you a, a technique that I learned through comps, and it was Kim and Lowy that um, through a bribery tournament, I believe they won it. It was one of those days where the longies were just sort of popping up here, there, everywhere. There was no tight schools. They were just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just, just like playing whack-a-mole, you know? And um, yeah. everyone was chasing around like a blue-ass fly, and there's those two dudes who just apparently like pink, pink surf candies, intermediate line, and just let it sit over there like it's bait. And yeah. they will just 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 letting these things <laughs> letting these flies just sink down really slow then the line would just take off and i think they i don't i can't remember it was a long time ago i was near them i could see them i, I can't remember who i was fishing with. it might have been snowy might have yeah. been daz i can't remember but um you know we were chasing we were chasing the fish that we could see like is what what, what you would traditionally do and these guys yeah. were just plopping over the side and i think they I, I i couldn't believe their numbers when they came back in they didn't look i wasn't i wasn't focused on them the whole time i was just near them so I wasn't yeah. seeing what they catch all the time, but when I, they came back and I heard for half a day they got five tuna each, or so, or something. Oh, no, I, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was something it was, like that. Something like that. Lowy loves that story. I'm probably due to hear it again, but it's sort of um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I got I got a good Kim story for you too. Well, well, 
I'll just finish yeah. that one off because, yeah. like, to to me, please tell us that kid story for sure. But like, to me, after I saw that tick, that was that was groundbreaking. I was like, huh? But but we're meant to yeah. put the rod on our arm and move it as fast as we can. Isn't that what everyone's doing? Like, I mean, uh, like, isn't that isn't the skill of the boat driving? Like, here's these guys who uh, not only like you know they obviously paid attention to their boat driving as well, but mm. they've used a, a completely new out of the box angling technique. You know. Which yeah. I know gets done now with soft plastics, but I don't know if it was getting done a lot at that time. Like that was that was in the early mid mid two thousands, maybe two thousand six, maybe five or something like that. I can't remember, yeah. but it was it was two thousand seven, maybe at the latest or something. But I, like, I mean, did you heard of that technique before that? You might have. I, I hadn't though. You know, oh, the old the old heave and leave. But I hadn't heard it done with pink. That was the other thing. You know, like, oh right. So you've heard it done before though. Well, sort of, but not not in the no one with the confidence to to fish it in a comp like you know the the specific situation that i'd heard people doing it was you know very occasional busting fish and i say like one every four or five minutes along the surf of bribey and you know the someone in frustration you know because you obviously you know one fish busting here five minutes later one busting you know 100 meters away you're in a very general area and then you know like um, and it was, you know, a lot. The only bit of structure was along that 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 current line on the surf beach off the lagoons, you know, that sort of thing. Well, that's and, where they uh, were. I think it was off the first lagoon, from memory. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and just like pumping out a cast towards the surf line and just slowly, slowly drifting along, and you know, um, doing doing well. But it was with polar fiber minnows, and and the thought process was, and I don't know if this was Kim or not, but this was just the 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 you know street talk at the time was that you, mm. you had to give them something big to hunt down and see from a distance oh, you know gotcha yeah but um it wasn't wasn't pink you know kim kim definitely um brought you know in in my circle anyway brought that one to town and and you know lowey sort of you know was good at good at spreading the popularity of it yeah yeah so, right eh? well, kim again hey eh? yeah well, yeah. that's, that's what I mean. You know, like he was such an influential dude in those comps back then. Um, yeah, I, I used to think, to, even with the Saratoga comps, I used to think to myself, I don't care yeah. if I win as long as I beat Kim. <laughs> I've said I've said that to myself so many times in comps where Kim's in it. You know, as, as long as I beat Kim, I don't care if someone beats me. It's a, it's yeah. a great measure. And it was a personal measure for myself. You know, it was, wasn't, to, I didn't like Kim. Kim was Kim's a friend. He still is. Um, I, actually, last time I saw Kim was at the, Hinchinbrook comp last year, actually, but um, yeah, anyway, um, phenomenal dude. Yeah, not captain, nice guy. I couldn't say a bad word about the guy, but like, it's not that I didn't like him and I didn't felt nah. I used to tell him, see him on the water, Kim. As long mm. as I beat you, mate, that's all I want to do. <laughs> you know, you just laugh about <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, you can say that without a sound of nasty. It's just, you know, it, it's just what it's you got. Compliment. Do. Yeah, yeah, it's it a, is. It was, it was a compliment to Kim, compliment. like, yeah. yeah. It was like you know yeah. you're the you're the pinnacle. That's all I want to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. What's your Kim story? Oh, same same thing. I was fortunate enough to get a to get a run with him in um in a tuna comp, and um, and I'd I'd been working, and I'd I'd got back on a Friday night, a late night Friday night flight back from North Queensland, and man, I was exhausted. Fishing started on the the next day, and um, I literally showed up. Somehow made it to the boat ramp you know uh exhausted and i was so tired the next day i did not did not fish well at all um it was a long tail comp i, mm. I don't know if you're in it i know if you were you might have been fishing in and that gray gale force of snowies Where, um, what comp what comp was it Malula Bar. and oh. it was um 
anyway, long story short, I, I don't, I can't remember if you were you were there or not. But what what I year was it? I can't, mate. I'll have to go look at the trophy. Um, Kim had the <laughs> Kim had the long the long boat. <laughs> um, but anyway, the the point was like there was there was the tuna were acting a little bit bit weird. Like um, uh, the the long tails were coming straight, like not they're coming vertically out of the water. There was no horizontal movement at all. So it sort of and Kim just immediately summarised the situation. Oh, they're coming from down deep. Uh, I'm going to tie on a clouser, and you know everyone else was pounding their candies and and their um and their um uh you know polar fibers or, or polar beans and that sort of thing, and I was they were throwing them out and I was stripping them, and the results results were um, haphazard because um the the fish would come like they were like a couple of meters below, mm-hmm. and Kim Kim summarised the situation pretty well you know on the first day he ended up with two and i think a few other people got one or two long tails um you know fishing fishing how they were fishing and um anyway the next day i thought fuck this you know like him had just had his shoulder operation and i think he'd either I think he'd either swapped arms you know how he's taught himself to cast with both arms because of his he had a bad shoulder uh, bad. i've only i've only ever known him to be left-handed but uh, I didn't know. I didn't know he taught himself to cast with both arms. Oh right, yeah. He's he's got a he's sort of ambidextrous, or he was at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't that strong with his with his non-dominant hand, like as strong as he was with the other one. But anyway, the the point was, um, on the second day, I, I emulated his his technique, you know, which he'd sort of picked up really quickly on the first day. It was the um, he fished clouses and he, he let them sort of sink down. And, was, you know, the retrieve basically was to design to keep the clouser, you know, a few metres down. And um, and we ended up we ended up cleaning up. Um, I got six longies on that on that second day. He got he got one. We ended up with nine of the boats, the comp. And just through through fishing a slightly different technique. And we were fishing amongst everybody because I remember I remember. Um, I don't know the snowy's boat. You know, he was sort of saying something, and what are you doing, Kimbo? Yeah, just using clouses. You know, and <laughs> you know, we didn't didn't keep a secret at all. But mm. you know, it didn't it didn't really it didn't really um, you know took took a while for the penny to drop for a lot of people, and mm. in it in it did work. Um, just just having that fly a deeper that was the that was the you know in essence what was happening. Um, and and the tip off for Kim was that the the way the long tails were breaking the surface was different to the different to how um, you know fish rounding up bait on the surface if that makes sense they were yeah they were they were finding silhouetting bait from down deep and punching straight through the surface and coming straight up and hitting them mm. you know rather than 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 bursting along the surface if that if that does that make sense it makes of, perfect sense mate. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out the date. Was this before or after Thumbelina? Oh, it was after. Yeah. Oh, then I would have been in the comp for sure. That, that, I think yeah. that might that might have been my might even be my first tuna comp in Thumbelina. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was that was about what that maybe 2003 or 2004 maybe. Probably. Hey, I think you're right. 2003. Um, someone tried to someone tried with like 30 odd um, frigate mackerel that year. From memory, the Thumbelina mm. comp. Someone placed with, you know, chasing, chasing nose. 
Um, yeah, right, okay. That, uh, was he amazing? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, we know who that is. Uh, and, and astute followers will know who that is, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can remember the next year, um, Kim explaining our frigate mackerel do not have the three dots under their pectoral fin. It's uh, just to differentiate. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I think that was one fascinating year. biology lesson, that one. Yeah. yeah, I think there was one year it actually got included, but there was a minimum size. You know, like if you catch a, a 50 centimeter frigate mackerel, then you deserve a point. Yeah, yeah, that is a monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But to give people an idea who are listening, um, you know, tuna comps, you get these frigate mackerel and they just stay up. They just they don't spook from the boat. Well, they're very hard to spook <laughs> and they'll eat anything. And you can sit there and pick out them. And they look very, very similar to a mac tuna or false albacore or, alb- you know, what the Seppo's called albies yeah. or something. But, um, you know, you could you could argue. I can remember that same person driving past them was with snow. And, um, and obviously we're not naming names, but I can remember that person who you and I both know who it is. Um, we drove past them and, and going, oh, they're going off, aren't they? We've got like 15. Like they were stoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember that quite clearly and just thinking to myself, what are they doing, man? They're just picking out on frigates. <laughs> Wasting time. What a yeah. waste, man. It was just, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, anyway. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the comps were great days, man. It'd be great to see it come back, you know, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back in then. I'll tell you what, talking about um, memory lane, like I put a post up a couple of days ago on the, uh, before this, before recording this, which is, you know, it's going to release a couple of days into the future from now. So maybe when you listen to this, I put a post up a week ago, you may or may not remember on the Intermediate Line social media page in regards to uh, heads or tails. Um uh, Jeff Anderson put a put. The only thing that prompted me to that was Jeff Anderson shared it on his personal page, and I noticed it was two years. You know, two years ago since we um since we did that show with those guys, which makes that movie twelve years old now. We did that on the we did that close to the, well, we did it on the tenth year anniversary. I don't know if we did it around when it released, but um, but yeah, that was um that was a real trip down the stage lane, and to see to see the response that it got. Um, and new people learning about it for the first time who may not have heard the, uh, it might come onto the Intermediate Line podcast since or well after that show aired. Um, I tell you, if you're one of those people, you know, you really should do your best to try and find a copy of that stuff. And um, yeah. I, I'll I'm, tell you something. Yeah, you right? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to reiterate, like, uh, that that is a very commonly asked question. You know, people are like, oh man, where you know, where can I get that? Um, I haven't seen a copy in a fly shop for ages. I'm not saying I go to every fly shop. I don't. You know, I'd like to go to them all, but yeah, I haven't I haven't seen a, a, a DVD, you know, hard copy floating around anymore. But if anybody out there knows where or, or whatever, it'd be good to good to hear from you. Maybe you don't panic too much yet, guys. Um, I'm not going to let much out of the bag here, but like. Um, I spoke to Jeff Anderson on the phone last night as we were recording yeah. this, and um, and he was speaking to, to Phil Phil Jagger, like Mad Phil Productions, um, yeah. and there might be there's it I I shouldn't even say there might be there's chat Jeff. Well, let me put it this way: Jeff's very keen to talk to 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 to, to have Phil see. An advantage in re-releasing this some way somehow and i'm choosing my words carefully because i don't want to get 
don't want to come across like you said they're going to bring it out again. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's there's talk and um, and and possible motivation to. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be in DVD format, so it might be a bit more of an accessible digital format that's a bit more modern. Perhaps I can't really tell much more than that because nothing's been said. I'll put that I'll put that out there too. Um, but it's just a pipeline idea to, that that the right people are being spoken to. Let's put it that way. Right, something in the works sounds mysterious. Yeah, oh, I, can't, I want to, I'm excited when I heard about it. But I can't. I can't. It'd be it'd be dis- misleading of me to say that it, that something's gonna happen. Fuck, I, so what does this mean for Joe Public? Po- it might be light possible. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, you might. You, for Joe Public, it means that like yeah, you might have access to to this to mm-hmm. this video again because I know there's a whole new generation of um, fly fishermen that have come about in recent years that probably have never heard about it um, since our podcast. In fact, there's probably some people in the industry that have um, only started fly fishing in the three years that we've been doing the podcast, you know? Um, and some of those people have really become captains of industry as well, funnily enough. But, um, um, yeah, that's 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 fine, mate. Everyone gets a trophy. You know how it is these days. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm saying is that, um, you know, like uh, it's such a great film, so, such, so well put together. And I was saying to Jeff last night that out of – I would, I would. I mean, there's been some great fly fishing and very inspirational fly fishing movies. Like, I mean, Location X comes to mind. You know, Chasing Silver. You know, that's those sort of things. Um, but there's never. I, I can hand on heart tell you that there's not been a, a film made internationally or in Australia that I've connected to as well as I have as Heads and Tails. Heads or Tails, right? Um, yeah. And and it's not so much the fishing or the fact that it's in Australia. It's Jeff and Simon, you know. You can tell those dudes were like for me. They just seemed like they were that that they were jetty rats as a kid, like I was, you know. They just seemed like the type of type of people that would, you know, sacrifice a lot to go fishing and put the effort in and stuff. It's not overproduced. It's not. It, they just seem so fucking genuine, man. Like, and that's what really connected it. And the fishing was great. The footage is great. The way Phil edited it was was phenomenal. I loved the music. Uh, and the the way he edited it at that time as well was quite new, you know. Like it, I mean, a lot of you see a lot of fly fishing films that have got a very similar. You'd probably watch it now for the first time and you go, "Well, that's what fly fishing films look like." But they didn't back then, you know. Some of them did, but not. There wasn't. There wasn't. I mean, YouTube wasn't as popular. There wasn't people seeing the value, or people didn't have cameras like they're doing their phones these days back then. You know. You know what I mean, Volts? You know, it was just. I oh, know totally what you mean. It did. Because it was relatively new, it had the chance to define a category, so to speak, you know, and I see I see that one. I see um, Trout Bums was pretty much, you know, one of the first, you know, fly fishing DVDs around at the time, you know, of, the, of that style. I'm not saying, you know, obviously, you know, we we had Dean Butler and, and Harrow and Lefty previously, but, you know, yeah. with, with their own style. But, but that, was, you know, that the, was TV produced, you know, sort of stuff, you know. That wasn't correct. that yeah. that wasn't like heads or tails, you know, and and I and I, I guess I should add we had you know Nick Rygart was 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 putting out some great films as well around the same time, but still just didn't feel like heads or tails, you know, like it Nick's Nick's Nick is is a, is a consummate professional, you know, like it's his films were, were flawless, he did film tours, all that sort of stuff, 
heads or tails seemed like a bunch of dudes who got on the piss and said, I want to make a film. And, and, and Phil Jagger has just pulled it out of somewhere and like just made, translated the magic that happened during those few days so well. Is a freak. I know. I mean, I, I guess I'm giving it some pretty high accolades, but I genuinely feel this way about it. It's um, it was such an honor to have those dudes on the show. But you know, like, I don't know, I don't know what it was like for you, Vols, but I've, I saw people writing in the comments there about how pivotal it was. It was for um, for for permit fishing in Australia. Um, I, I would oh, tend definitely. to agree. I would tend to Absolutely. agree. Yeah. 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 No. It. It. Um. I think the measure for any any bit of writing or, or movie or, or whatever any any publication is if it inspires somebody to to you know to do something say fuck yeah I want to do that and that that was um, certainly you know it made me sit up and go fuck yeah I want to I want to have a crack you know yeah. I want to I want to do that it looks fantastic so He's, you know yeah. You, you see, you see. There's. I mean, we used to see. I mean, okay. When you when you're comparing videos around the same time, movies around the same time. Like, let's look at, um, uh, Chasing Silver. You know, as uh, to, like yep. Jamie Howard films compared. To, here we got these guys in these um, in these in these in these skiffs. You know, like these these, mm-hmm. you know, sixty sixty eighty thousand dollars fucking skiffs. You know, cruising around with like the the, the high end gear and and you know and and really well put together narrative and. And footage and all that sort of stuff, and then we've got and then we've got um, Jeff Anderson backing in a tinny into a reef, yeah. <laughs> chucking at these chucking at these permit in like in a, in a real state of like shit could go wrong real quick, but I can't help myself because I I can see tails, you know, like that's that put me on the edge of my seat. That was I was just like this is fucking awesome, man, you know, it's um yeah. It's, yeah, was, yeah, I I can't begin to subscribe. I'm sure people who've seen it can relate, but if you haven't seen it, yeah, yeah, you you really should put yourself in front of it somehow. But like I said, hang five, something could be happening. Yeah, cool, man. I hope something does happen. I hope something yes. does happen because you know permit fishing has sort of gone strength to strength, you know, in Australia. Um, you know, prior to that, and and definitely since, um, you know, fucking new flies. I mean, look at. Look what happened lately with the Gavs crab, mate. There's been a lot of um, lot, a lot of uh, of cool captures on that. Um, I see uh, CPD Paul Dolan. He's just he's got some more today. Um, he's just whacked it up on Insta while we've been talking, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, he's up there with his um, up there in um, in Mackay getting some nice work. Mm. You know, yeah. I I think that our, our I'm in a bit of a position to see what's going on with that that crab. One is, um, you know, Gavin's a, a really good friend of mine, um, and uh, and also, you know, uh, Beast Brushes is the only place in Australia that you can, well, the world really, you can get components to make that crab. So I do see where it's going, and um, and there's been a shitload. <laughs> there's been so much that's gone out. Like I mean, I think people see the ease in tying it. Uh, once, once you've, you've, there's a, if you don't know, if you listen to this, there's a free, a free video on Beast Project's website of how to tie it. Um, you don't have to pay yeah. for it. Just go to it in the description, scroll down. Don't buy anything. Just scroll down and you'll see a YouTube video in the link. Once you see that video and you see the way it's described to you about how, um, and the phrase that's been coined and attached to it is the crab is a, is a technically perfect crab, which I know that rubs some people the wrong way, but. When all we want is something that's easy to cast, 
sinks hook point up and gets to the bottom at a at a measurable rate, as in like we can we can we can accurately control the weight that we put in that crab fly. It's so simple, it's so good that um, that it's just a. There's so many ways that you could look at it as a, as a technically perfect fly. Gavin Davis really sort of. Um, I know that you probably don't know this, Vols, but there's a, been a bit of a history behind that stuff. Like this is not. This Gavin didn't just wake up one day and, and make that crab. He's been experimenting with that tie-in style and and maybe not those sort of those same legs, but yeah, uh, you know, with with chenille and things like that for a while now. I've seen Gavin make crabs very similar to this for a long time, and before anyone saw the Gavs crab, Gavin had been using that using that tying method and that fly um, for. I want to say maybe almost two years before anyone saw it, you know, um, yeah. there's been times where Gavin has, 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 uh, he kept it to himself for a while. And I know that he wanted to bang a permit on it and I know he had permit pick it up and eat it. He's dropped them. He's had queenies come and pick it up beside it. Uh, you know, he's been unlucky in having to pin it, uh, pin something on it. But, um, you know, I was a bit of a naysayer when he showed me, I'd be like, Oh, that doesn't make sense, man. Why would you turn the eye of the hook up inside the gate? Wouldn't that, promote the weight to be inside the gate of the hook without realizing the drag of the leader it, you know once you sit there and break it all down and work it out like it's such a oh of course what a what a fucking obvious looking thing you know it's um um but i knew that um we got all these re recent rain events and based on how many crab um, kits have gone out for the gas crab that we were going to start to see as soon as the weather started to clear up and uh, the water started to clear as we come into winter and the weather got more stable because the weather's been putrid, whether it's been wind or rain, but all down the east coast has just been ridiculous all this um, uh, yeah. summer and spring. Then I knew that once we started to see some clear conditions, we'd start to see some more results. Because when we started to get little windows of opportunity, we'd see results. And for the small, I mean, a lot of kits have been sold, but relative yeah. into into how many people are throwing cra gavs crabs around or had the opportunity to it. For the ratio, if you could measure it for how many permit had seen a gav crab to how many to eat, compared to how many, per, how many, how many crab flies other permit have seen who haven't eaten it, the ratio is pretty fucking high. I mean, it's still really new, but it's it's a pretty fucking good ratio right now. That's for sure. And um, yeah. like you said, like yeah, you know, uh, Paul um got another one today, um, and he hasn't been getting out very much lately because of the conditions. But what's that eight eight in a row now for Paul? And in in um, three different times he's been able to get out and put put flies in front of permit. They've eaten the gas crab every single time. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that's pretty cool when a piece of the puzzle, you know, comes together because you know Paul's made not a lot of secret of the fact that he's seeing plenty of fish, and now he's catching plenty of fish too. You that, know, um, that's it, eh? Permit. And he's, you know, we've we've had him on the potty. He, he um, and you know, got a lot of respect for Paul. Fished with him for years. He's one hell of a fisher. Um, he is, you know, and he's he's another guy who's bred from the, um, you know, spent his time in comps. Uh, he's results driven. Um, you know, not really fussed on on putting um, uh, form above function. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, what you said there is great. I mean, like, I, I don't know, mate. I mean, uh, Paul probably speaks to a lot of people, and there's probably a lot of people that can relate to this. But, you know, I speak to Paul kind of regularly, I suppose, you know. But, I mean, you know, like, not I'm not on the phone every day going, what are you doing? But, um, 
But, um, you know, I did, I have heard Paul say that, you know, in his words, fucks me what they're doing, fucks me where they're going, I just can't get the fuckers to eat, you know, and so, like, that. like getting real mixed results, but in the last few times, since, I mean, you, you don't have to take my word for it, you can contact Paul if you want, I'm sure he'll tell you, but, um, um, or just go to his page and check it out. Paul's not getting free stuff off me or Gavin or anything like that. Paul's fishing these because he he likes them too, and he's obviously getting yeah. the results, you know. Um, so there's no commercial deal going on for this stuff. I I just think that's I just think that for something that's so amazing and 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 is and it, uh, sorry so simple, not that that it is amazing, I guess, but um, that's so simple yeah. that. Um, you know, it's got a, and it's got a little bit of a little bit of even deeper history that we can talk about too, because you're you were involved with this fly in a way as well. You know, like it's um, it's it's truly is an Australian fly. It's uh, it's you know the the gas crab. There's no doubt about it. Was designed by Gavin Davis, and and he this is this is not his first attempt at it, but probably the most successful and the most minimalized and, the, and probably the most simple one that I've seen him tie. You know? It reminds me of that meme you see where, you know, someone's looking at a success and they see this, you know, they see an uh, iceberg, you know, floating along. But what, you know, people only see the tip of the iceberg. They don't see all the hard work, which is, you know, the, the majority of the iceberg underneath the water. Mm. I don't know if you've seen that meme. I've, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've described it well for people who haven't seen it, but your people only see the the bit that worked. They don't see the the hard work and the innovation and the and the, you know just the pure volume that goes underneath. You know, and what you're saying about Gavin having worked on that for you know for years, and you know I can't imagine how much um, you know prototypes and and refinement and back to the drawing boards you know went went on and um, to get it to that point. Mm. Well, I know a few different angles, but I can tell you that um, the upturned eye there was actually uh, suggested to him from John Makem, you know, as well. Um, yeah, right. Yep. So that's where that came from for Gav. But yep. um, but the understanding of it, you know, I, I don't. I'm not sure if John O explained that to him, or probably I'm sure he knew. I mean, he's a great fly tire, but um, yeah. you know, it was more. I, I believe it was more of a discussion that 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 I had with Gavin that came around to that realization as to why you would do it more than just understanding that it helps the fly flip up you know and that that was the um the drag of the you know the, using the leader and the fly line to help that thing flip over um yeah. which you know you'll hear a bit more but more detail in that video if you ever want to see it won't worry about boring on the podcast um so there's that aspect of it but uh what many people wouldn't know is obviously you know like well they will know i suppose is that the fly consists of a of a component from a product a brand called stream art i mean those moon crab legs of which um, you know, again, you won't be have to go too far to know that Beach Brush is, is the exclusive agent for that. But which means that I had communication with Streamart in regards mm. to that when I approached them about about bringing their existing line of products into Australia, which wasn't the Moon Crab. Uh, I told you about it. Yep. And um and and I think one of the first things you said to me was see if he can do a Moon Crab, and I go that's a great idea. And so I approached him. He said yeah. And then I've gone back to you and gone, you know, he said he'll do that. What do you, what do you reckon? We need, I need to get up some sizes. And, and I, I can remember as plain as day you saying, yeah, make one, make one of like the size of a, of a five cent piece, a 10 cent piece and a 20 cent piece with the carapace. And um, so I went back to him with that, sent him some pictures of some moon crabs and then, and then started to um, um, okay proofs, which I also sent to you as well. Remember? Yeah, and, um, we played, we played with combinations of, 
of carapaces and um you know like there was one stage where we put a, a medium carapace on some small legs and that looked pretty hot mm. you know and and you know tried doing vice versa and you and know, i had some discussions about you know what seems to to you know look best or work best and you know we theorized about about what a, a lot of it and um you know and then then you hear you see what gav's done you know he's he's taking the realism and and you know function of those legs and like like you point out in the video you know how to how to optimize them to to make the the fly sink and float better um mm. you know and then then he's he's done away with the original carapace and, and come up with a you know a more more practical solution you know like with a, with a flexo yeah um it's just it, it is it is really it's a really cool story and you know hope in the fullness of time it, it gets the um it gets uh you know the the uh, the accolades and the um and uh, the write-ups that it deserves because um, you know the fish are certainly choosing with their mouths and their fins at the moment you know and um and pd up there is is pounding you know mm. yeah well, if if if, um, if I understand anything about Australian fly fishing politics, we'll probably never see a write up about the Gavs crab, mate. Oh, it's, um, yeah, who knows, man? Well, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I got a pretty good idea what's going to happen there. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, um, what was I going to say? It's uh, you know, it's obviously um, you know, working pretty well. And I guess it's, you know, it's there. It's there. The information is there to be gathered for people to make an informed decision. In regards to it, I just think it's a cool story. Like, I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's everything it's a about story. it. Everything about Australia. In fact, there's been. I remember having a discussion um, on. I think Gavin shared on one of his pages. I believe I'm pretty sure it was Rufus Wakeman got on there and go. Oh, it's a it's a nice looking flexo. And then I wrote a big explanation with all due respect how it's not. You know, it's um a lot of people think that it's a a flexo. You know, like they think that. They think they see the, the the expandable tube there and instantly go to, to our flexo crab, which is very incorrect, you know. And, and I guess it's it's like saying that a a clouser and and a hollow fly are both clousers because there's bucktail involved. And although that's a crude a crude um uh, you know like um comparison, um it's kind of along the same lines because. And you'll see this in that free video if you have, if you ever go want to go see it. But part of the um, part of that way that fly works and lands is because of the way that that flexo tube is used. It's not expanded like a like a like it's a, not a, a burly flex- cage. Yeah, it's not yeah. a burly cage. You know, it's not it's not expanded. It also <laughs> it also you know even way, the way the weight is like the the modern way of doing it with um, I mean Gavin Gavin was using a bit of wire and putting a lead sinker on there because of the availability he didn't have tungsten putty. So with the uh, the addition of tungsten putty, it enables you to tie the fly without having to worry about putting the weight on, all that sort of stuff. You can weigh the finished crab on a set of scales and then and then measure the amount of tungsten you can put on there, and you can get very accurate with the weight now. And you can also mm. put the weight at one end of the fly or the other if, if you feel like you need to. You can you also... Sorry? If you want to bias, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, you can yeah. also remove weight and add weight on the day as well like you can it's putty you can you can pinch a bit off with your fingernails like it's blue tack and remove some weight on the day or you could add weight to it you know um um i i think the tungsten putty is is a very clever addition and probably would be a good addition to any crab fly really i guess if at the end of the day if it was i haven't really mucked around with other crab flies but um i'm gonna um, ask man how do you yeah. stop it sticking to everything like it 
and I put it in a, in a box or like I I tied a heap of gav crabs and, and put them out in the sun just to to dry up a bit and I put them weight down as because yep. you know as you do and the fucking thing stuck to the table. Oh, I just I, I coated in I coated in resin. Yeah, I, yeah, right. Okay, I, I know what weight I want. Like I'll I'll, I'll um I got some scales that obviously drug dealers use, but I use it for um for uh, dealing drugs. No, I mean, <laughs> I deal it for measuring out dye. And uh, yeah. I can get a pretty accurate measure to like uh, three decimal points of, of a gram of what I want. Um, so, you know, if I make them, I usually, I usually sit around three and a half grams. That's my, the weight that I like for them. But in saying that, I don't get a lot of opportunity to fish um, crab flies in general. Um, so, you know, you, you'd be better off picking your own weight. But once I've got that weight exactly how I want it, I'll, uh, I'll I'll fix it to the fly as you would see in the video, and to stop it from sticking, like you said, the stuff is so sticky, um, it will stick to the bench, like you said. To stop it from sticking, I'll just coat the bottom in in uh, resin. Um, you know, I would still be able to remove some resin if I wanted to on the water. I mean, it might make a pretty ugly crab for future fishing. I could fix it at home if I wanted to, but it's it, you know, like the, it's got a lot of versatility. You know, if I was if I was in a place where the permit were in ultra, ultra skinny water and all I had was three and a half grand crabs which were going to hit like a like a bomb. I could easily get some pliers or even use my fingernails and just, just take half that half that tungsten putty off. The way that the fly is designed to use the drag to flip the hook point over as opposed to the weight as a preference, you could almost remove all that weight from that Gav's crab fly and, um, and have a completely weightless crab quite easily. Yeah, yeah, and still sink right way up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and still sink and because st it's using the drag, like the way that the flexo tree is put on, the way where the legs are, the the eye, of the hook turned up as well. All that <laughs> contributes to the fly landing the correct way up. Cool. I think once you get the understanding, it gives you a lot of confidence. Like for me, um, you know, as we've spoken about on the show, like I drag that fly up for my my first opportunity to catch a permit on purpose. <laughs> so I spent I spent a week in um it, it, with cyclonic conditions and 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 biblical rain i had i had a two-hour window to put it in front of a permit and that's the fly i chose you know like i have to be very very careful with my fly selection but i mean dave will tell you like when I mean, we were both on the boat making that fly selection because we knew we had a very small window you know dave said a couple of times so like just put that fly on the water let me see it yeah it's, it's perfect it's landing perfect you know and it, it only got one chance to be put in front of a fish and that fish picked it up couldn't be more thankful man i tell you it's um yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a cool little story that's for sure but um uh it worked well for me i'm sure it means a lot more to me than it does to anyone else <laughs> it really fucking does but uh um i just i yeah. look back on it and just think to myself i mean i got i got access to any crab fly i could tie any crab fly or i know people that can tie them for me if i wanted to if i couldn't tie something i could have brought any fly up there for that particular situation and I chose a fly that's never caught, never caught a permit before, to put in front of my first opportunity on yeah. purpose. Oh, look, man, you know, like for you, it 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 uh, got it done. It's totally understandable that while you're on, it's nuts. So, well, it, it's yeah. only that I, I mean, I you wouldn't you wouldn't go that far in in things that I've said or written online or anything like that to know that I'm a very pragmatic fly tire and 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 fly fisherman for that matter. Um, it was just the knowing and, and breaking it down, understanding the way that fly worked uh, in addition to the aesthetics of it. But it was more about 
I knew what it was going to do when it hit the bottom. I knew it wasn't going to be flipped over. I knew I wasn't going to fuck that opportunity um, with with that with that particular fly. And it's not to say that other flies wouldn't do it. Just to me at that time, it was just red hot. I really wanted to go out there and do it with like a VGDC or a Merkin type fly. I really wanted that that traditional feel of doing it like that. You know, that's mm-hmm. how I that's how I thought about it to start off with. But I couldn't move past the the sureness of um of of what it was. If you know what I mean? Yeah, man, go for it. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Cool. Cool. <laughs> really, uh, a lot to be. It's, I, I I didn't know we were going to head that way, or um, but it's um, it's pretty cool. What Paul's doing, man, and he's and and I don't know if he's going to put one up, put that picture up soon. Justin Weber in it, who who the angler was, right? Yeah, yeah. Paul's just put it up while we've been talking. Has he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it on Insta, on Facebook. Yeah, Mackay Fly and Sport Fishing. Yeah, yep. Head over there, guys, and check it out. Uh, I wonder what, and if you haven't listened to Paul on a podcast before, uh, or haven't heard him before, I'm gonna try and find while I'm talking to you, and and maybe you could feel a little bit of dead air while I'm doing this, <laughs> because I'm gonna go yeah. to yeah, we had we had Paul on. Uh, it would be uh, it would be some time probably in the first thirty six or seven episodes. Um, he's uh, Paul, Paul's, you know, a great mate of mine. Lives in incredibly fishy part of the world what i love about paul is um as a as a guide in uh in Mackay, he's also deeply invested in um in environmental issues and you know previously he was in um harvey bay he um when he was down there he he was very vocal in his um in his uh, efforts to get um the the zoning you know looked at down there so there's a bit of an anomaly in the in the zoning which you can also check out in numerous of those podcasts um as well a few of our other podcasts but um paul paul has always taken a ball up hard on environmental issues and you know come on man he's no one's been harder to be honest yeah i just i brought up the episode yeah what (laughs) it's episode 36 by, by the way but um, I'm going to read out the first sentence based on what, what you just said there. Well, okay. we are stoked to have the living legend on Paul, inverted commas, the coach Dolan. Okay? So, okay. you know, I know I know that we had a theme going on that show, and and, and it wasn't really accurate, but, we, you know, we're fucking idiots, and um, and we make no other claim other than that. Okay? But um, yeah. so we're just, we're just leaving that one alone now. It's um, mm. not relevant anymore. But episode okay. thir- 36, man, that's... What was the date on that? Um, that was the third. That was the third of uh, sorry, the twenty sixth of March in twenty twenty. So it was over over two years ago now. Okay, cool. That yeah, that's um, that's a while back. Yeah. So yeah, we had we had Paul on. Paul's um, uh, Paul's great as usual. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he's, he's, as well as being fun, he's a hell of a fisher, as we've spoken about. Um, I don't want to go too overboard on that because I, I know he embarrasses easy, but yeah, good dude. Yeah. Great dude. He's, um, yeah, exactly, man. He's, um, given me a lot of advice over the years and been pretty free with it. I, I can't speak highly enough of the guy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, um, mate, 
it's been i'm looking at the bass episode which is the earliest one actually i should look up the tuna special because we're on the cusp of two hundred thousand downloads that in itself is uh is pretty scary hey but um yeah uh, i'm amazed i remember yeah. that first one we were like uh we're like oh yeah i reckon anyone will listen to this do you reckon we'll get off the ground and um you know here we are yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I remember that feeling too. So the, the 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 first show would have been on the fifth of July, two thousand and nineteen. We are coming up to three years in a, in a, in about a, another month or so, two months. Fuck, that's nuts. A mu- a mu- about a, mu- a month and a half. Well, a month and a couple, of, a month and a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to be three three year old podcast. Oh, we've got to do something special. I'll be cracking a beer for sure. Ah, I'm cracking a VB, and I might crack a Sailor Jerry at the same time. Like, might make a Jerry bomb out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sailor Depth Charger. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about volts. <laughs> What's the beer like I'll... in Germany, man? Have you been pounding VBs over there? No, nah, they don't have it. Uh, Pills is what? very big. Pilsners are very big, and oddly hey, enough, um, what do you mean they don't have VB over there, man? I thought they were mate, beer they drinkers. They don't. They don't have Vegemite. It's only an Australian thing, you know. So, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, Pil- Pilsner's big over here, and oddly enough, Rattlers are. Uh, you, you know, everywhere you go, there's Rattlers available, and um, and wheat beers. Uh, Rattlers you- are, you know, just like a shandy. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, uh, yeah. do you do you often find yourself asking in the beers in trying to explain in in English to a to a German speaking nation that you like alcoholic lemonade? And do you find it? <laughs> <laughs> you know the the Germans are lovely people, and they're um pretty much all of them have some level of English that's superior to my level of German. Yeah. So, uh, I see you're able to, yeah. to to translate vodka cruiser pretty easily then. <laughs> well, that'd be Russian, mate. No one likes the Russians around here at the moment. So, ah, good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attentions mm-hmm. are high. Yeah, yeah. I reckon if if someone hit the market with uh, Ukrainian vodka, they'd clean up, mate. They'd get onto it. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you comfortable? Whoa! What happened? I think a bulb just blew in my. Did you hear that noise? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it sounded like you fell off your chair. Like your chair finally fucking shit itself. But uh, um, got some gremlins uh, in this house, man. Um, I don't know. I could have. Um, I could have summoned a spirit that that preferred alcoholic lemonade, and it probably tried to tell me to stop ragging on it. I don't know. Oh no, I reckon you're getting spied on by Putin. You know that. Did you <laughs> notice how straight as I, straight after I mentioned the Ukraine, fucking yep. bang, there goes the light bulb. Eh? Yeah. yeah. I blame you for hanging shit on vodka or, you know, yeah, yeah. be it, eh? Vodka we'll cruises, just, mate. I'll uh, we'll just stick to the jerry bombs for the um, for the three-year anniversary. <coughs> we've already got, we already have, we would already have that episode lined up. We've got a, um, we've got a very good episode lined up coming up for, uh, speaking of conservation, I'm not going to drop the names of what's going on. I'm sure it'll come from left field from who, mm. we, who we're talking to, but, um, I think it's a very big deal uh, in regards to um, the stewardship uh, as us of anglers should um, should approach uh, towards the environment. That's for sure. Um, uh-huh. 
looking forward to that one. Yeah. We yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. So when are you coming home, dude? Uh, in about what's time to uh, probably about six or seven hours time, mate. Yeah. Right, eh? Gotcha. I make my make my way to check in and then fly home. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been been a good trip over here. Um, quite productive. I don't try to try to keep my work separate from my um, from my fishing, but mm-hmm. uh, some sometimes it just uh, just becomes in inextricably entwined. Yeah. Mm. Have you had any True. vegetables while you've been over? I believe Germany's a quite a meat based diet over there, right? <laughs> it's funny you should mention that the meat has been sensational. Yeah, lots of pork, uh, lots of sausages, lots of veal, a lot of schnitzels, um, mm. a lot of potato. Uh, it's this time of year over there, um, white asparagus is really popular. I don't. Th- I think it's seasonal. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've been pounding the, the spargel as they call it locally. Yeah. So to, to to sort of abbreviate what you just said, you've been pounding yeah. the meat and potatoes, is what you've been saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and like uh, uh yeah painting the meat and potato spiegel is that spiegel yeah i mean yeah you walked into i walked into that one yeah yeah, I, yeah. I deserve that yeah thanks man yeah. are you gonna be right for sitting down that long with your meat and potatoes pounded spiegel on the way home <laughs> it's a long way to sit down dude there's a what's long the, time to be, yeah what's the flight path like how long you got in a plane uh, 12 and a half hours to Singapore and then we're on the ground there for a bit. And then, uh, I think it's another eight or so back to Brizzy. Yeah. Are you going to get into the Singapore, um, uh, and into the aquarium there and have a look at the Tuskies? Um, the, um, the Bumpies? <laughs> I would love, oh, I don't know. Mm, possibly. I've got five and a bit hours. So good thing about Singapore is everything's close. You know, and and fairly affordable. Like it'd it'd be a twenty buck cab ride, I reckon, from the airport to to Sea Life there or Sea Aquarium, sorry, and then um and then have a look at it. Yeah, maybe great place, I believe, right, Singapore. Uh, oh, it's one of my favourite destinations. It's pretty cool. Yeah, one of my friends um, tried to tell me that crime is illegal in Singapore. It's very safe. Yeah, everyone, and plus everyone's friendly. It's just hard to imagine that crime even exists there. The thing yeah. I found hard to believe is that uh, is is his shock when I told him that crime's illegal here too. Yeah, yeah, I know you're playing on words. Um, well, that's what he said. Cr- I, it was, you know, do you know crime's illegal in Singapore? Huh? Is it? Yeah. Same as here, yeah. hey? It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah some, I know. He's just a smart he friend. Sounds really intelligent. Yeah. He's really probably down with gravity and all. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to. You have to pre-anticipate these things, you know, that uh, that people say. Um, <laughs> Crime <laughs> wasn't who you think it was. Yeah, it's good. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Right, good man. Well, look, uh, all the best with your with your flight there. We, uh, you know, we we um, we hope that Are you we don't. Up? Well, I think. Well, unless you got something to say, what, what do you got something to say, mate? I mean, I'm down to talk. If you want to talk, I can talk, mate. Don't worry, I got your back. Um, you talk? Yeah, no, I'm I'm done. I'm just have we, have we filled enough? Enough. Well, time? I just have think we... I just think that anything else is just going to be you know fluff. And I know that it's a fluff podcast, you know, fluff chuckers podcast. But uh, yeah, I don't really want to okay. don't really want to have to wear that wand out, you know. All right, well let's uh, let's wrap it and stack it and get on with it, eh? 
I think we're approaching the point of the show where we're putting the show over our shoulder, you know? I know what you really, mean, yeah. really telegraphing it, you know? Okay, cool. Let's yeah. move on. Well, look, man, I wanted to say safe travels, and I, I hope that the uh, long plane ride does not bruise your vestigial tail too much. I believe it's growing back. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, and, and I hope that the experts over there um, were able to help you a bit better than the Australian medical teams that have been working on it. Well, I have visited the uh, the World Authority on Vestiges. And, the Vestigial um, Institute? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Frankfurt Vestigial Tail Institute of, of highly pelted creatures. <laughs> or, yeah. or, or fit for, um, for short. Yeah. Okay, cool. Fit. I like yeah. it. All right. I'll check it out. Cool, man. All right. Well, let's get out of here. All right. Catch gotcha. you. See you, man. Bye.